welcome to Recast, presented by the Baptist Union of Scotland. Each episode will look at a key issue of mission or discipleship for church leaders in Scotland. We will be bringing you key voices, practical insights and unique stories, all focused on the church in Scotland. Welcome back to The Recast, I'm Glenn Innes and we are carrying on our summer series of chatting with those who were kind enough to share their wisdom with us at Canopy Summer this year and I am absolutely delighted to have my friend Lynn with me today. It's great to have you Lynn. Morning Glenn, good to see you. Lynn, for those who don't know you, could you tell us who is Lynn Alexander? Well, I'm a... I guess you would call a church planter, although I work part-time as a teacher. So I'm in that weird category of being called bivocational. Um, And really that just came about through being involved with Central in Edinburgh, learning quite a lot about missional communities. Um, Grown up, well, not as family, but grew up from a young adult onwards in Queen's Park Baptist Church, member of East Mains Baptist Church. Um, But I started something called Family Tree Quite a few years ago, so that's actually on a. I'm on a sabbatical just now, so nice. um, we are in that whole period of rest. And Italy was just part of that time, uh, and so I spoke a little bit about family tree at the assembly canopy, not assembly. Sorry, wrong word. Ah, that's okay. So you did do this uh, seminar at Canopy Summer, and um, I guess it was. It had a fancy title, but it was notionally about church planting, and part of that was your story. So I wonder, would you share with us uh, the kind of two or three key highlights from your uh, from your seminar? Of course, and I should have said in my intro that I'm part of the Forge Scotland team, so actually yeah. I was that canopy with that hat on. Yeah. So Forge exists just to help people think of different ways of doing and being church, not necessarily church planting. So one of the first key messages, I guess, from my um, seminar was that we need what we call a mixed economy. So it may not be planting something from scratch that in our case grew to the mid-30s from a start of about five or six people. Um, It could be that someone has an idea of a missional project um, or something they would just like to do, but they're not sure about how to start going about Mm -hmm. that. And one of the key takeaways, I think, was um, you had helpfully outlined um, in a previous um, interaction that we'd had how within the Baptist Union of Scotland, we are seeing overall a 1% decline per year. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically the the statistics seem to show that since the 1950s, roughly Baptist Union membership uh, of church, uh, members of membership of Baptist Union churches has declined by about 1% a year. And that's unnoticeable year on year. But when you then add that together over 50 or 60 years, then you're 50 or 60% smaller. So it has a pretty significant impact. So we briefly looked at um, a quote that outlines that there's nowhere in the world where the church is growing that excludes um, church planting. 
So we often mm. have thought that renewing our existing congregations or having a renewal of the Holy Spirit, we've often assumed that that would lead to the growth of the church. But the reality is when church movements around the world are studied, and many people listening will be familiar with the church in India, the church in China, at the leading edge is doing things that are new, planting new, and can I say often small congregations? Yeah. So I spent many years saying, oh, family tree is really small and quite insignificant. And I've been corrected for that, actually, yeah. uh, by by peers and friends that we have in common, Glenn, because actually small when you put that within communities in a city like Glasgow, if you have little beacons of light that offer hope and are portraying who Jesus is in his heart for people, for our cities or in our rural communities, if you have them scattered everywhere, places where people can come or go that aren't necessarily a 1030 service where they feel they might not belong, then actually you have church growth. You have more places where people who are outside of the church currently can find Jesus. The second takeaway was we had to think about how when we permit that to happen, so perhaps for some some people it could be a bit of a shift in culture from thinking that pioneers are lone rangers or annoying or inconvenient. (laughs) I'm sure nobody listening has ever, ever thought that. But when we actually embrace that, again, we are finding out around the world that all of us benefit. And so I've had the privilege of speaking in churches where the senior leader has said, if you want to be part of what Lynn is doing or what Family Tree is doing or go and do the Forge course. And so I really honour and bless what you and the Baptist Union are putting into the likes of Forge and making it really open for people to do that. Because actually the whole church the whole community benefits and we see that in the city of london you know it's not just holy trinity brompton and its satellite churches that have grown the city of london is now seeing increased church attendance increased engagement of young adults across every denomination yeah it's remarkable reminds me uh, tim keller had uh, has a quote um about this kind of his whole commitment to church planting uh, and his uh, idea behind the city to city renewal movement was really based on that premise that that while church planting is typically seen as the best way to reach new converts, it's the historical data. I know Stefan Pass would challenge that in Europe, but we that's a podcast for another day. Um, But uh, Keller, it's not just about reaching new people. It's the fact that actually church planting uh, renews existing congregations. It's a blessing to the whole church because it brings new dynamism and it creates space and it develops new leaders and it's all this kind of stuff that, that goes on. So, yeah, that was an important second point. I think that it's not just about pioneers. It really is about uh, creating space for... Uh, the whole church to grow and to be blessed by that. Yeah, yeah. There, I, I kind of threw out one observation that I have made in a number. I've been very fortunate to be part of a preaching team in, in two of the churches uh, when I worked and when I didn't. And um, also part of visiting other places, I've I've made an observation and and again, thanks to those that have accepted that this could possibly be a correct observation, that we actually have within many of our congregations people who are bored, people who feel quite on the edge, 
and quite disaffected. So there could be some people who are maybe listening to this who didn't get to Canopy and they have what we call in Forge missional imagination. They see a gap, yeah. they see something they could do, yeah. but Glenn, they don't know how to go about it. And I've had people approach me. I've had many women approach me mm-hmm. and say, you know, I've got an idea to do something, but I don't know if they'll listen to me. I don't know, you know, whether it's valid. And you hear what they're thinking and seeing and doing and it's courageous and it's bold and it's generous and these are some key words that I guess we we really encourage people to use within the Forge network hmm. you know that idea of well have a go and yeah. you and I you and I know this in common sometimes things don't work yeah but you had a go yeah. um and uh, we talked many th- times about this over years past so we um in the forge course one of our sessions is looking at missional imagination how in mm. the 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 kingdom of god there is there, there there seems to be birth within believers um the the opportunity to bring heaven to earth in such a variety of ways so we have seen through all the people that have attended the forge course over the years we've seen so many creative projects with rural communities. It's not just been in cities. Um, many have been around food, which is interesting in terms of cafes yeah. or ways of serving people, um, acts of, of grace and mercy. And I just always think about Mother Teresa saying, you know, we can actually change the world by lots of little things. Yeah. And so there could be people listening and just for a moment think, do you know, I'm really interested in this. And uh, that's where I guess I'm going to, Come back to you, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, and no, I think I think that 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 small piece is really important. That that we need to validate that the vast majority of of missional projects that people are going to come up with, and you know, in my context, I really am keen for us to talk about church planting. And again, there's probably another podcast and why I want to do that rather than call them missional projects. I I, I really do believe that the church is the vehicle yeah. for mission, but that's. That is definitely another podcast. Um, if you're interested in the meantime, go read David Bosch's Transforming Mission. There you go. Uh, but the, I think, I think, so, so with that caveat of the language, I do think though that, that the, one of the challenges to, to what I'm saying is that, um, and what I like about what you're saying there is we don't need to have, to see the whole uh, when we begin. So the idea that, uh, I, I can't imagine a church that's, you know, got a hundred people and, you know, two full, full-time paid staff and a building and a, yeah. no, 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 no. That's mm-hmm. not, it's not where we begin. And in actual fact, I, I, I think in the future, that's not where we're going to end either. I, I, I think we're going to have much smaller, more nimble and, and replicable things. And I, I, I don't mean small as a goal. Um, I, I don't think you can read the New Testament seriously and think that that small was the goal of of the early church, but we got to start there. <laughs> we got to start with small things. We got to be willing to take a risk with small things. And the nice thing about small things is that it's easier to take risks. We're not, you know, we can create structures that support and and enable people to take risks with small things and 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 create space because. If we're going to break into places that are fundamentally closed to the gospel, um, then then we actually need to realise that we're going to have to do things differently and take risks with yeah. those, and they won't yeah. they won't all work, and it will yeah. be different kinds of people that will often have the vision for those kinds of uh, your language missional projects, mind church planting, that that 
that will allow us to, to do that. And I think one of the challenges for sorry, this is meant to be your story, not mine. I'm, I'll finish on this. One of the challenges I think I really liked what you said is that the people are going to have to be courageous and bold to bring these forward. And most of our most of our listeners are church leaders. And and I I want to say that I think actually what would be an amazing gift would be if those who are in leadership. Those that have, in the language that Forge uses, and I really like this, uh, permission giving and, and, and policy making rules, would actually use those to say, actually, I'll take the courageous step yeah. and I'll take the bold step to say, can I invite you to come with the this missional imagination with these ideas? Yes. And you're not going to say yes to everything. And, you know, pioneers need to grow in maturity and learn that you can't just do everything you want to do, but but that actually yes. that the posture of invite, the posture of uh, we would like you to come and, and bring these things to us and our overall overwhelming sense is we want to release and equip is I, I think would be a real gift in the area that you're talking about. So sorry, that was a long-winded yeah. way of adding to what you said, but that will... No, I'm glad, I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you did because actually, yes, I did use the terminology at Missional Projects. I planted a church, uh, but with... And I saw it as that at the very beginning because for those who know a little bit about me, it is intergenerational in its nature. And I did a previous MIG cast on that. So I didn't want to go down that line too heavily because we've talked about that we've before. We've talked about that before. Yeah, it's good. However, um, when you were saying about permission givers, that was really, really key. And again, you'd explored the story of how that came about with East Mains Baptist Church in the previous um, MIG cast. So I would agree with your correction and also with what David Bosch says about, <laughs> you know, we just God is a fountain of transforming love and we, we follow the leading of the spirit. And in my case, having run some alpha courses, there was yeah. a clear leading to allow something to be planted because to continue the water analogy, there was there was a a, a fountain of people. There were yeah. people who right. had drunk and wanted to to continue to drink more and they were not going to segue into 10.30. So yes, we did um, within the seminar speak. For me, obviously, I didn't know who the participants in the seminar yeah. would be until that actual morning. So um, that was really key, what you've brought back up there about allowing people to give permission. And if I can right. just add on, if there's time to say that requires, doesn't it, um, a real sense of letting go of control and of um, being secure as a leader and, and knowing that when you release some of your best people, and it could be some of your best people, when you say, do you know what, go and do that. Yeah. We heard the story of ox gangs um, yeah. at Canopy. Then you you could be in in quotes losing people, letting them go. So just yeah. to really pick up on um, again the honour that I would give to people that that do that. And I would yeah. say if anyone's not sure, just just go for it. Let them do it. You know <laughs> what's that thing? If you love something and let it go, it, yeah. it comes back to you as yours. But yeah. do you know if something doesn't work, we need secure bases. We need leaders who say do you know what what is it you fancy doing what do you want to yeah. do and um you know i'm here when you need me we used to do a really good thing when i worked at central and we'd invite people into a staff team meeting and they would just come monday after monday and just sit with us as a staff team while they were 
having a go at planting or um, envisioning something happening within their local yeah. community. Somebody in Peebles, somebody who wanted to see an outdoor centre planted, and they would come and sit with us in the staff team meeting and be part of devotions, be part of prayer. So that was just another little way where we were bringing people within uh, a team setting yeah. who had a vision to plant something out with. Excellent. Just a wee practical idea. Brilliant. Lynn, this is all really helpful, and uh, I suspect it's provocative at a number of levels for people, which is Sorry. partly what we're here for. <laughs> no, it's what we're here for. Um, and uh, I, I guess if somebody's sitting here saying, well, I missed your seminar, I've caught up now, I get a little picture of the kind of tone of what we're after. Um, if I want to know more, what, what can I do? Well, two things, I guess, is that you and me are, are available on email uh, to chat through any of these things. And in particular, I have um, a sister who's spoken with a number of congregations within our denomination and yep. currently within the Church of Scotland um, in what's called Learning Community. Um, and I'm engaging with six Inverness Church of Scotland. So you and I are available like that. But I would wholeheartedly recommend... Um, going on the forge course we've actually had a number of of ministers we've um who have attended i'm actually thinking about yeah. nazarene pastors yeah. church scotland ministers they've actually done the forge course so that they've experienced the five weekends over a year they've experienced how we ask people to reflect and then they've brought people from their congregation so um and again glenn you've been part of uh encouraging that within the baptism of scotland so it's not too late to apply to do the Forge course. And I know you'll say a little bit more about that. Um, but the commitment is five weekends. And we do ask that people are able to make at least four of the five weekends to make it a really valuable experience. Spread over a year and one of them is online. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, so Forge is our partner for doing our church planting training this year. And so we're going to have a Baptist cohort within uh, the Forge uh, program. So if you are interested, we would love you to get involved. Uh, if you want more information, drop me an email. I'd be delighted to talk with you about what that might look like, uh, how you might get involved, what we can do. I'm hoping we're going to have a cohort of already at least 10 to 12 people, uh, which is a great size for us uh, for our first year. Uh, there are still some others who are thinking about it, so if we could make that a 20-person cohort, we would love to have you there. Uh, just uh, the, My email is in the show notes below. Uh, just drop me a note, and uh, you can come and join us on the journey of Forge uh, and the Baptist Union for the next uh, from September for uh, about nine months we would love to have you have you join us Lynn thank you so much for joining us today it's been great thanks for all you did at Canopy uh, it was uh, it was a great seminar I know people really enjoyed that and uh, I hope this has been helpful for people just to catch up with what you were sharing uh, we look forward to seeing you soon and uh, thanks for now Thank Bye. you again. Bye.